0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast of Cornerstone Baptist Church in Fallbrook, California, pastored by James Christensen. Though located in the heart of Southern California, you will hear powerful, relevant, and life-changing preaching from the Word of God. Pastor Christensen believes that every Christian can reach their potential for the Lord. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I don't know where this message is going to go tonight, but if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Daniel chapter number one. I want to thank Pastor Christensen from all my heart for inviting me here. I don't know what I'm doing up here. Amen. There's some men uh, of faith that have, that should definitely be up here. I don't deserve to be up here. I'm just a, uh, a foolish man, if you will. Amen. But I'm privileged. Amen. Fools for Christ. But I'm privileged to be up here. So thank you so very much for the invite. I came up here with my friend Sal. He drove me in his, uh, in his Ferrari. So I'm glad that we came up here. Amen. Sal, appreciate you being up here tonight, brother. Appreciate you. Daniel chapter number one. Let's uh, go to the Lord in a quick word of prayer. We'll jump into it. Father, thank you so very much for this men's prayer conference. Thank you so much for Pastor Jim Christensen and the things that he's put together here. Thank you for all these men. God, I pray that our heart's desire is for us to meet with you tonight. I pray, Father, that you'll help us to leave this prayer meeting just a little bit more like you, Father. Please, pray that you'll uh, tune us up, Lord. Help us to be able to adjust some of the things in our lives that we need adjustments in. Holy Spirit, convict us. Work in our hearts. Father, please, meet with us uh, tonight. It's all in vain unless you show up, Father. We love you. First in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Oftentimes, I talk to some people that... uh, are not, uh, not veteran Christians, if you will, uh, people who just started reading the Bible, they'll start out in the book of Genesis and they'll start reading. And, you know, this uh, topic comes up of, wow, God is uh, He's a God of wrath. A lot of anger, I notice in the Old Testament. And then I'll read the New Testament and you'll notice Jesus is a lot more lovey-dovey, if you will. Well, you know, we need to get the whole counsel of the Word of God. Because if you think about God's heartbeat, God never brings judgment, never brings calamity for no reason. Amen. He's not the type of God that's in heaven just waiting for us to mess up so He can just strike us down. God is a loving God. God is a generous God. God is a God that uh, wants to bless us, wants to see us succeed, not see us mess up. Amen. This week I've been in, in the book of Daniel and just studying out the Old Testament. If you will, go with me to Daniel chapter 1. With your other hand, if you will, pick up Ezekiel, Ezekiel 14. We'll see where this message goes here. And I appreciate the uh, the privilege to be able to preach here tonight. Daniel chapter 1, verse number 1. The Bible says this, In the year, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and he besieged it. And you notice this, the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which are carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, and he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the prince's children, and whom is no blemish. I love this part here, well-favored. "...skillful in all wisdom, and cunning and knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them their daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah Shadrach, and to Mishael uh, Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. We notice here that These Hebrew boys, these uh, Hebrew boys that are well favored, skillful in wisdom, cunning in knowledge and understanding science. They had the ability to stand in the king's palace, if you will, before the king. These are strangers in the land of Babylon. How did these children of Israel that were Hebrew boys end up in captivity because of the sins of their people? Remember, A lot of people will study the Old Testament and say God is a God of wrath and he was always angry and he'd always bring punishment and calamity. If you study Jeremiah and you study uh, the major prophet Ezekiel, you'll study lamentations. You'll notice the heartbeat of those prophets had a broken heart over the people of God. Because they would constantly go and warn, Thus saith the Lord, repent of your idolatry, repent of your stiff-neckedness, repent of your hardness of heart, and turn, turn from your idolatry, turn unto the living God. But they they chose to refuse. They chose to live life uh, the way that they wanted to live life. And as a result of that, if you study Deuteronomy 28, we got a list of blessings, but we also have a long list of cursings. You remember how Moses and Joshua and they, uh, the rest there constantly told the children of Israel to keep the ways of the Lord, to keep His statutes and His judgments and His commandments. If you do so, then blessings will come into your life. My brothers, uh, this night and in our lives today, it's the same exact thing. We need to keep the ways of the Lord. Amen? There's going to come a time, I don't know when, but there's going to come a time to where this might become illegal you say when i was praying with brother ted earlier and he was thanking god that we're not doing this in secret we have our bibles and we're singing out loud to the lord and we have our churches amen pastor thank god for that we have freedom right now in america but listen things could shift on a dime Right. right and i believe this that that god is constantly warning warning for us to stay uh, in the straight and narrow, warning that we should constantly abide in His Word, and and, and warning that we should always abide in Him. But these Hebrew boys here, they ended up in captivity in Babylon. You notice here, something really caught my attention. In verse 4, the the Bible says, These children, you notice the the children here, at what age are they? Daniel here is anywhere from 14 to 17 years old. Think about a young man. The Bible says he's well-favored, no blemish. What does that word well-favored mean? Those words, having special advantages, regarded or treated with preference. How many of you would like to be treated with preference by the Lord? Amen. You think about these Hebrew boys. They got wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans, they started to speak what's called surah. I'm Chaldean, for those of you who don't know, and I speak fluent surah. And these Hebrew boys, they taught them how to speak the tongue of the Chaldean. They had to be wise. Uh, Skip on over to verse number 6 here. And among these, the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. This was their real name. This was their Hebrew name. Amen. Daniel, the word Daniel, the name Daniel means God is my judge. They later changed his name and his name later became Belteshazzar, which means uh, Bel protect the king. Or Bel means Lord or master there over his life. Uh, Hananiah, they change his name to Shadrach. And uh, Hananiah means the Lord is gracious. They change his name to command of Aku. Eku was a Babylonian God. They wanted him to serve basically uh, as a, a, the Babylonian God there to Aku. Mishael, they changed his name to Meshach, and uh, that name Mishael in Hebrew means who is like unto the Lord. Amen. They changed his name to Meshach, which means who was like Aku. So what they were doing here is they were trying to indoctrinate them, to teach them the ways of the false gods, the pagan gods of the Babylonians. They were trying to change their identity, if you will. Now you think about these Hebrew boys here. You could try to change their geographical location. You could try to change their language. You could try to change the way that they look, the way that they dress. But I'll tell you this, you can even, if I could say this nicely, you can even cut their balls off as eunuchs. But you're not going to get them to deny the true and the living God. Amen. You think about this here in verse 8, after their names got changed, verse 8, the first word says, But, but Daniel, he purposed it in his heart that he would not with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, as a result of that, verse 9 says, Now God. Now, you could change my name. You could change, try to change my identity, if you will. You could try to change these things in Babylon. But Daniel, purposed in his heart, he was not going to defile himself. And as a result of that, God shows up. Look at verse 9. It says, now God had brought Daniel into what? Favor. Into favor. This young man, he's a stranger in the land of Babylon, if you will. And God blesses him, gives him favor, tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. The Bible says this in verse 17. For as these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill, and all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. You think about this. Who gave them this wisdom? Who gave them this understanding? Who gave them this favor, Almighty God? My brothers, tonight, we need favor from the Lord. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. We need this understanding. And the only way that these things come is when we're abiding with the Lord. Because He's the source of all wisdom. He's the source of all understanding. Listen, we cannot continue to live this life as pastors and as preachers and as laymen, if you will, without the Lord. Listen, this is high time right now for us not to fall out by the way. Amen. There are going to come times to where things are going to hit the fan and, th- and the laws are going to change. And listen, by the way, that's what the Bible says towards the end of Daniel. Antichrist is going to come. He's going to try to change the laws. He's not going to have a regard for women. He's going to try to do all these things. Right. Gavin Newsom's against the churches. They try to shut us down during Corona. The Biden administration, they're trying to do that. But listen, we need to stand firm. Amen. Amen. We need to stand firm. We need to purpose in our hearts that we're not going to defile ourselves with the things out there in this world. Let's stay focused. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at, uh, you're in Daniel, look at Ezekiel 14. Ezekiel 14. Appreciate your patience with me tonight, Ezekiel 14. And as I'm preaching here, I just pray that you would pray in your heart and say, Lord, this message, what is it that you want from me, God? What is it that you want from me? Ezekiel 14, look at verse 1. Then came certain of the elders of Israel unto me and sat before me. Ezekiel was a major prophet. Some of these uh, certain elders, if you will, they came to Ezekiel. They sat before him. Why? They sought godly counsel before him. But the thing is, is in their heart, they had idolatry. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in verse 2, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, These men have set up their idols in their heart. They've come, they want to sit down with you, they want to learn from you, they want to get godly counseling, but that's not truly what's in their heart. Verse 3 says, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired at all by them? God is saying, should I even listen to them? Should I even give them counsel? No, absolutely not, I shouldn't, because I know what's in their heart. Verse 4, therefore speak unto them and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, every man of the house of Israel that setteth up idols in his heart and putteth the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and and cometh to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his idols. Listen, he can come before the prophet. He could try to inquire of the prophet, but the prophet's not going to answer him. I'm the one who's going to answer him because I know what's in his heart. The Bible says in verse 5 that I may take the house of Israel in their own heart. Because they all estranged from me through their idols. Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, Repent and turn. Hey, that word, repent, is still a healthy word today. Repent and turn yourselves from your idols and turn away your faces from all your abominations. For every one of the house of Israel or of the stranger that sojourneth in Israel... That separateth himself from me, and setteth up idols in his heart, and putteth the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face, and cometh to a prophet to inquire of him concerning me, I, the Lord, will answer him by myself. Skip on over, look at verse 12. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then I will stretch out my hand upon it, and will break the staff of the bread thereof and I will send famine upon it and will cut off man and beast from it. You think about this. Why, why does God want to bring famine? Is that his heart? That's, that's not his heartbeat. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to hurt his people, right? But what is he doing? He's sending the prophets to tell them to repent and to turn, but they're not doing that. They're not letting go of their idolatry. They're not letting go of the pagan gods. They're not letting go of the things of the world. They don't want the true and the living God. And he says this in verse 14, though these three men, Noah, what's that next name? And Job were in it. They should deliver by their own souls, by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. So I'm going to send a famine upon the land. What's a famine? He's going to let go of all the food. I'm going to send a famine upon the land, if you will. Daniel and Noah and Job if they were standing before me if they if with their intercessory prayers if you were if they were if they were begging me and knocking on heaven's door because of their righteousness I'm going to spare them but the rest of them are going to go through it Verse 15, For if I cause a noisome beast to pass through the land, and they spoil it, so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through it because of these beasts, though these three men were in it as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughters, they only shall be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. God's going to send these hungry beasts, I can only imagine, whatever they are, lions or, or tigers or whatever kind of beasts they are, to go through the land and to devour people, to eat up people, to kill people because of the sin of the land, because they're not repenting, because they're hard-hearted and stiff-necked. But he's saying these three, because of their righteousness, he's saying they're going to get delivered. You think about that. What are some of the attributes of Daniel? Daniel was a man of faith. Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel was a man who was consistent in his faith. Remember Darius, how he said, Thy God whom I serve continually will deliver thee. Before the the den of lions. Y'all remember that? Daniel was a man who was consistent. My brothers, it's important to be consistent. Sometimes we're wavering in and out of church. What are we doing? We're compromising with our feelings. We're tampering with the things of the world when we shouldn't do that. Us men right now, listen, this is high time right now for such a time as this. We need more prayer meetings and we need more church and we need more of us to gather together. I love what Brother Jim said earlier. We're in this together. We're united. Amen. There's no competition between us, Brother Kirk. Amen. Brother Kirk has a heart of unity and I love that about him. Pastor Jason, heart of unity. That's the reason why their churches are growing. God sees that. Don't you think that God sees this? God saw the heart of this. By the way, Daniel was young, 17, 14, 17 years old. You think about Joseph for a second. How old was Joseph when he got sold out? Same age, right? But the Lord had favor upon him. Blessed him, he became second in highest command of all of Egypt. You think about David. David was just a, a young lad, what, 15 years old when he went out? And he took out that giant, Goliath. What was that? Favor. That was favor. Why? Because they had sanctified themselves, set themselves apart from the things of the world, and they were focused upon God and God alone. They were courageous men. This is is a time right now to where men become courageous for the Lord. Amen. Look what he says here. He says this in verse 17. He says, or if I bring a sword. So first he talks about a famine, then he talks about these beasts. Now he says, if I bring a sword upon that land and say, Sword, go through the land, so that I cut off man and beast. Though these three men, which three men? Job, Daniel, and Noah. Though these three men, verse number 18. Though these three men, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send a pestilence upon that land. What's a pestilence? Is COVID-19 a form of a pestilence? You know, some people might think that was created in Wuhan, China. Maybe the Lord brought it. Why? To get people on their knees. To get people to repent, right? Verse 20, he says, Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter, they shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. Thus saith the Lord God, how much more when I send four sword judgments upon Jerusalem, the sword and the famine and the noisome beasts and the pestilence to cut off from it man and beast. But watch what he says here. He says, yet behold, Ezekiel, therein shall be left a remnant that shall be brought forth Both sons and daughters, behold, they shall come forth unto you and you shall see their way in their doings. And you shall be comforted concerning the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem, even concerning all that I have brought upon it. And they shall comfort you. Now this remnant is not a godly remnant. This is an ungodly remnant. Verse 23 says, and they shall comfort you. When you see their ways and their doings and you shall know that I have not done without cause all that I have done in it, saith the Lord God. A lot of people say, well, why would God do such a thing? Ezekiel, your heart's going to get comforted when you look at what I'm doing to these people. You're going to understand because of how wicked they are, how stiff-necked they are, how rebellious they are. They don't want to repent. They don't want to turn. Listen, it doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't matter what we think is right. It matters what God says is right. Amen? Look with me, if you will, at Ezekiel 28, and I'm done. I'm going to let the heavy hitters come up. Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. And I want to try to land this plane and wrap this all together. Ezekiel 28. This message here in Ezekiel 28 is to the king of Tyrus, if you will, but this is also speaking of none other than Satan. In verse 1, the word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God. That reminds me of Isaiah 14, right? Doesn't that sound like Lucifer? In the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, and not God. Though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Now pay attention to verse 3. Behold, thou art wiser than who? There is no secret that they can hide from thee. Look at verse 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Who's that? Speaking of none other than Lucifer. Pay attention to that part. Thou art wiser than Daniel. My brothers, Daniel was super wise because of the Lord. He had knowledge, he had all kinds of understanding of interpreting dreams, and he was well-favored, and, and he was completely promoted, and, and, and he lived throughout four different kings, if you will, during that time. Over the 70-year captivity of the children of Israel being in Babylon, you think about so many Hebrews died, ended up dying, but he ended up surviving through all that because of the favor of the Lord, amen? Because of his wisdom, if you will, the way he spoke and the way he interacted with people was all because of the Lord blessing him. But you think about Satan for a second. He's wiser than Daniel. My brothers, he's a defeated foe, but I want to let you know something tonight. Don't play around with the wicked one. When you compromise and you're going out there and you think that nobody's watching, you think the pastor doesn't know and people don't know and it's 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 dark in my room and nobody can see i want to let you know something satan is wiser than daniel what does that mean that means he's a 7000 plus year old super warrior that has studied mankind and knows you probably better than you know yourself he doesn't know you better than god knows you and he's no match for god by the way i don't want to i don't want to get that twisted amen but listen satan don't play around with him the Bible says not to give place to the devil. Listen, the Bible doesn't call him a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Remember what Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon? Satan seeks to, to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. My brothers, the message is this. Seek the Lord so that he can bless you and give you wisdom and give you understanding. and So that way you'll be well favored. Amen? We need favor from the Lord. We need blessings, so that way we can have a long life. You think about Daniel. He lived and had that long life because God blessed his life, amen? Because he was a man after God's own heart, not just like David, but he was a man of prayer. He opened up his windows and prayed, and, and he had no fear, right? And he was a wise man, but, but Satan, don't play around with him. Don't give him place. He's the accuser of the brethren, and listen, if you give him an inch, he will take a mile. That's the message tonight. Let's seek the Lord so that way we can have wisdom and understanding and blessings upon our life. And Let us never ever blame God for the calamity and the destruction and the judgments that are happening here upon the earth because that's not God's heartbeat. You think about Jeremiah for a second as he penned down the words of lamentations, as as he prophesied about that that temple uh, being destroyed and and, and kept, caught fire there by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, and and he he uh, he penned down the words of, and prophesied about how Babylon was going to come and destroy Israel. That wasn't God's heartbeat. God wanted to bless His people. God wanted to prosper His people. Remember back over here in Egypt. As they, were, as they were in Egypt under bondage, God heard their prayers because He was merciful. As He drove them out, as He took them out, He gave them a land flowing with milk and honey. Nothing but blessings, but what do they do? They complained and they murmured. Listen, America is the land of blessings, but what do we do? We complain and we murmur. Let's get a hold of the Lord tonight, amen? Let's, let's, let's do this. I prayed as we were coming out here that we'd all get a tune-up. I'm in the automotive industry, and a tune-up can go a long way. A little adjustments here and there can go a long way in our faith. Thank you for listening to this preaching podcast from Cornerstone Baptist Church. We hope that you were encouraged. For more information about our ministry, you can find us online at cornerstonefallbrook.org.